We just recorded with Chase Bryson, who is the editor of Sports Star Magazine. And it was a lot of fun. We had a great conversation, uh, talked about his background as far as athlete athletics and coaching. Also talked about how he got started in journalism and specifically with Sports Stars Magazine. Uh, if you're from the Sacramento area or if you're from the Bay Area and you've been involved in high school sports, I have no doubt that you're familiar with Sports Star Magazine and everything that they've done. They've done a lot of great things and talking to Chase was, was really cool. Uh, he shared some of his uh, favorite stories that they've published. He shared some of the challenges that you face with um, covering sports, high school sports, and then the, the awesome benefits that he's, um, you know, he's felt over the years of covering uh, high school sports as well. And uh, just a bunch of different stuff. And it was a lot of fun. He has a, a hilarious story about a, uh, a cover. It's, they celebrate, recently celebrated their 10 year anniversary and they did a, a bracket style um, cover uh, competition that was really funny and, and you guys will have to check out the episode to hear that because it was a, a great idea that had some unexpected turns so I would definitely recommend checking out this episode uh, Jay Chase is a is a great guy had a lot of great things to say so you guys will really enjoy this one and so without further ado here is Chase Bryson see you now it is time now it is time ladies and gentlemen welcome to character combine character combine yeah. Welcome to the Character Combine Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and once again, Deb is not here. I know some of you are probably thinking she finally quit, she finally did it, but uh, no, she did not. She's uh, just taking care of some family things, so she'll probably be back in the next episode or two, but that's okay because we have an awesome guest today who's going to help me hold it down in this episode. Uh, he is the editor of Sports Star Magazine. That's Chase Bryson. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm really, I'm really glad I didn't mess up your name this time because when I said, when we first got on the Zoom and I said, hello, I said, hello, Bryson, Chase. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't do that in the episodes. I'm going to focus really hard on calling you Chase. Yeah, all good. I get Bryce a lot. Happens oh, a lot. Yeah. oh, good. So I'm not alone. Yeah, no, it's Bryce. And then I spell my name with, with two C's instead of an S. So I, that gets messed up a lot too when I get written stuff. So it's, it's C-H-A-C-E. And I just in the I think my cable bill still has an S in my name. I just never bothered to change it. So, yeah, it's too bad the uh, the Chase with an S isn't paying your cable bill. That would be nice. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't work out that way. So, um, hey man, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. We've been uh, fans of Sports Star Magazine for quite a while, and as I'm sure a lot of our listeners are as well, because you guys have been a pretty um, big name in the high school sports community. Um, so we're just really excited to have you on and, and talk about some different things. But before we get to all of the, the easy questions, we do have some warm-up questions for you. All right. So here we go. Uh, I know a question that Deb likes to ask a lot of our guests is about The Amazing Race. Are you? Did you watch The Amazing Race? I was not a regular watcher. I, when I came across episodes, I would I would stay on them. But okay. I didn't I didn't follow any seasons all the way through. But I did enjoy watching them when I came across them at times. Okay, perfect. So you at least know the concept. So sure. uh, if you were to be on The Amazing Race, who would be your Amazing Race partner and why? Uh, I think 
I think it would have to, it would definitely have to be my wife. I, okay. Um, it, my wife, uh, Kelly, we're going to be celebrating 13 years in September. Ah, um, congrats. And uh, we've had some great, uh, great travel, travel stories together already. So um, <laughs> we've managed, we've managed to get through things. We've, We've driven through the wrong parts of towns and places and found our way out. And uh, we've got a, we've had a, we've had our share of adventures already. So I'm sure, I mean, that, you know, Amazing Race is going to be a little more intense, but I, I think we could handle it together. We complement each other pretty good that way. All right. I like it. I feel like a lot of, a lot of coaches that we've had on, a lot of coaches have said the same thing. It's like, it's gotta be the wife. And uh, for a lot of those same reasons you just said, so that's good. There seems to be a consistent theme here. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so question number two. Oh, let me pull it up really quick. Okay, if you could have one ability that you don't currently have, a talent, a skill that you don't currently possess, uh, what would that be? Oh, um, that's a good one. Um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's I've always. Um, I've always wanted, I played instruments when I was very young. I had, I was a fourth grade. I joined the band I, fourth, fourth through fifth grade. I was, I had a saxophone and that never caught on. Um, <laughs> I played, uh, and then, and then I switched to piano um, from like sixth grade to eighth grade. And I was a little better in that. Um, but I, I couldn't stay disciplined to, I mean, I can read music, but I couldn't stay disciplined to really getting it. Um, but um, I don't know about, I want to say about two, oh man, first or second year, um, into our marriage, I, I told my wife that I really wanted to learn how to play guitar and, Ooh. uh, she actually bought, she, one of my, I think our anniversary, my anniversary gift maybe or something. She actually bought me a, a beautiful electric guitar. Wow. Um, and I've, uh, and I've never, I mean, and then, you know, life happened and then kids happened and I've never really, I mean, I've noodled on it. I've enjoyed it but I've never really taken full lessons. And I think um, eventually when the kids get a little older and I have a little more time to myself at home, I think that's a skill that I would definitely want to really dive into and see if I could learn it. So. Nice. That's awesome. The way, when you started going down the music route, I was thinking that you were going to give us the same answer that all of our coaches have given us or all of our guests. It's like, I would love to sing. I'm like, oh, here's another <laughs> singer, but guitar. So that's awesome. If you... Yeah. One day when you learn how to play the guitar, we have a bunch of coaches that would love to get together with you and sing for uh, whatever <laughs> you play <laughs> if they learn that skill. So that's awesome. Well, I'll say this. You're the first person that said an instrument for that question. So congrats. Right, right on. Breaking new ground. <laughs> so staying along the same lines of music, the, the last question, this is Deb's signature question. What song that currently exists would you say is your life song? Now, it might be a life song that uh, encapsulates your entire life, or maybe it's a song that you're really feeling right now in this current season. Uh, what song would that be for you? Well, this is a really hard one for me because I'm a total audiophile. I just I love music of all genres. Um, I, I think about what was going to sing lot one that has always resonated with me since I heard it. as um, an artist from Nashville called Will Hogue. Um, okay. he's, a, he's an Americana rock kind he's gone into some country. He does some country too. Um, he's got a song called, um, uh, even if it breaks your heart. Okay. Um, it was made, uh, it was actually Grammy nominated when another band did it. Eli young band recorded it. 
um, and uh, but it was his song originally. Um, and the basically the uh, the chorus is "Keep on dreaming, even if it breaks your heart." Um, mm, and uh, okay. it's, it's just about um, it's about him trying to make it in the music business, really. Um, it. But it's uh, um, but it's also I, you, you can apply it to anything. And I just I just love the sentiment of never give up the, the never give up theme that's in it is just keep on dreaming even if it breaks your heart because you you can't give in um and so that's just that's always been a song that i've really liked and he's an artist that i've followed for over two decades and it's a good one awesome. i love that I, i'm not familiar with that with that song but just that line that you pointed out i mean i think a lot of coaches and athletes can relate to that line sure. right with sports <laughs> yeah. a lot you know you have the success and the triumph but then you're also dealing with those heartbreaking moments yeah. whether it's in the middle of a game or not being able to compete anymore at the highest level um so I, well, i'll have to check that out i think a lot of people are going to enjoy that song based on yeah, what you're saying. It's, uh, will hoge and it's spelled h-o-g-e h-o-g-e perfect yep. well you, hey man you survived you survived the warm-up questions yeah <laughs> a little fist pump there <laughs> and uh man the rest of it we like to call this the the easy part of the show so uh, something we like to start off with all of our guests is what is your coaching and athletic background? Okay. So, um, uh, so athletic background, um, I, um, I grew up, um, the son of two coaches. So my, uh, my dad was, uh, was a high school football and, um, high school softball coach. Um, and my mom was, uh, my mom did, um, basketball primarily girls basketball and uh, and she did some volleyball too um, so I was I was constantly immersed in sports from a very young age um, and I like to joke that I you know I I learned um, I learned how to break a full court press before I learned my times tables kind of stuff you know <laughs> um, so because awesome. uh, they were both it was very very small schools um, Las Molinas High School um, which is in the northern section, um, was where they uh, taught primarily. And then my dad moved to Red Bluff High School um, right before I was a, a freshman. So um, went to a little bigger bigger school then. But uh, so, yeah, I, I was around all kinds of sports early on. I played um, um, athletically. I, I played baseball mostly. I was a little league um, and up through age 12. Um, but basketball was my love. Um, and, uh, so I, I play and I played basketball until through, through JV. Um, and then I was literally both my junior and senior year. I was the last cut both, both, oh. both years. Oh. Um, so that was, that was rough. I mean, I would make it through the first two cuts and then literally the last, the last one. But, um, and, uh, so, uh, so I didn't play varsity, but that that was ended up being a blessing. I ended up really um, I re not playing. Let me um, really dive into journalism. Um, cool. And so I, you know, I I kind of I made a deal with um, around that time. I got I was doing the high school paper, and then I was also given a chance to do some freelance writing for the Red Bluff Daily News, our, our town paper. And when I didn't make the, uh, when I didn't make the team, I kind of told the coach, I'm like, Hey, I want, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and, and write as many games for us as possible. You know, basically I'm going to be the team reporter now. Nice. <laughs> That's nice. all right. Um, so yeah, so we, we, um, so that kind of really, I really started to fully blossom as a writer. Um, 
or as a my journalistic passion really kind of bore out after that. Um, and then uh, that was that was kind of the end of my high my, my intercollegiate or inter interscholastic sports. I played. Um, I still play slow pitch softball, and it's funny. Nice. Um, one of my back, uh, uh, I want to say maybe my second or third year at Sports Stars, we really got um, we we ended up going to a uh, a coaches conference, and Character Combine was there. Um, oh, cool. At one point, and yeah. uh, I was given I was given a free T-shirt that said Character Combine on it. It was like a <laughs> Navy T-shirt, Character Combine. Yeah, I had that and, shirt too. Uh, and so, uh, and that's that's one of my goats. That's literally one of my go-to uh, shirts when I play softball. So oh, I love it. I'm love repping it. you guys often. Um, hey, we appreciate that. It's pretty threadbare now, though. But uh, <laughs> um, and uh, let's see. So coaching, uh, coaching. I've now um, I did some coaching when I was in college, youth sports. I did. I coached some youth basketball, um, trying to uh, um, trying to up my resume for the credential program at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, have, I did little league coaching when my, my oldest son started, he's nine now. And, uh, I've coached him for three years in a little league, been the, cool. the manager. So we, we got through, we did, I did two, one year of basically T-ball. Um, and then we've done two years of, of minor league, um, full on baseball. And, cool. um, it's been good. It's been good. It was, in fact, uh, it was, um, it was that's maybe one of the things that hit hardest for me COVID wise was we that was canceled literally two days before our opening day. We'd gone through a month and a half of practices, um, really liked our team this year. It was by far my, my favorite group that we had had. Um, and my son, this was the year that my son really seemed like he was going to take a step forward. Oh, <laughs> and, man. and it wasn't, it was, it was kind of the, the perfect middle year where he was finally, he, he kind of got his feet, under him and he's felt good about it he was with a lot of teammates that he had before so he's comfortable and uh it wasn't going to be the next like he wasn't over he wasn't gonna be overmatched this year which was good right and right of course it all fell apart you know, you know um so yeah so that's kind of my background long-winded but that's kind of where i where i ended up in my athletic endeavors cool well it's really cool especially because between your um your personal experience coaching with your your own kids and yeah. then covering so much of the high school sports, um, you know, events and stuff like that. Like you have a pretty wide knowledge and understanding of just the entire sports landscape, which is pretty cool. Um, I do want to go back a little bit because, and I don't have this as one of my questions that I was planning on asking, but just something you said kind of got me thinking. So you found a passion for journalism at a pretty young age. Yes. Um, so, and I think it's always cool because I always talk to coaches and athletes about how Sometimes if you have a, an athlete that's, you know, an incredible athlete and they're hoping to make it to the higher levels and then something happens, whether it's, you know, things just don't pan out or they get injured and it derails them. Sometimes I feel like for athletes, they feel like if I, if I'm not actually playing the sport, then I can't be involved in the sport. Yeah. For you, like you said, you, you didn't make the team your junior and senior year, but you just, instead of just letting that defeat you, you kind of pivoted it and said, hey, I can still be in, involved in the sports world just in a, a different avenue. Was that something that was on your mind, or did you just think, hey, I'm just going to do the journalism thing? Or it's like, no, I can still stay involved in sports too. It was – so it was uh, – definitely it was part of it. I, I think that I – I mean, I knew – I mean, I've always – I'd always enjoyed writing, um, and obviously I, I'd always had a passion for sports. So even before 
even before I was cut as a junior, I was still doing some writing. I was on the, I was on the school paper. Um, my dad at the time um, was the freshman football coach at the school. And um, so I, you know, for the school paper, I would just, I would write the freshman football stories because I was there and I, I could walk the sideline. It was great. Um, so that was kind of breaking it in. But then when that did happen as a junior, I, I knew then I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I can really invest now in the stuff that I want to do um, as far as journalism. And, and so I just, I, it was just kind of a chance to really double down and really, you know, see where I could take it. Um, at least at that time for sure. Sure. Um, it was, I was, you know, and then when I, I went to, so I, yeah, I was a stringer for the, for the town paper for, you know, for both my last two years in high school. Um, and then when I went to, I ended up going to Humble State. Um, okay. and then, so at Humble State, I, um, I didn't catch on, I didn't start writing there right away, but I did, you know, it was always, um, uh, I was basically looking between um, really going hard after journalism, but I also wanted to keep my foot in um, as a potential teacher as well. Um, Cause that was okay. one, both my parents, you know, teachers and coaches, um, they clearly had an influence on me and, and the lifestyle that we had, you know, having summers off and um, being, you know, just being able to, to coach and be around. So it was just another way to be around athletics. Right. Sure. Um, and uh and so, yeah, so I was, I was on a path, I, I was on dual pass, basically. And I even went into the credential program at Humboldt. Um, and, but by that time I had a pretty, I was also full-time at the Eureka Times Standard, the Eureka paper there. So I was a full-time staff writer and in the credential program, and it was pretty crazy. And then uh, I ended up meeting an editor that came in and he was there for a few months and then he left. And then about three months in the uh, credential program, he, he had come down here to the Contra Costa Times. And he said that there was an opening down here. He knew I was in the credential program, said, I don't know what you want to do, but you know, this would be a great opportunity to jump in to, to full-time journalism if you wanted to do it. And so at that point, I just made the decision. I, I can always essentially go back to school. Um, hmm. But if I was going to try and jump into journalism full bore, I should do it in a big market and just see what happens. So that's, that's kind of how it went. I mean, I could have just have easily, had I not met that editor and an opening not come up, I could have just easily been on the other side of this. You know, right. I could have been the coach being interviewed all the time. So, um, but yeah, um, that's just kind of how it went. So uh, part of it is, part of it was, you know, missing out on those, on those two seasons of basketball, but um, I, I probably would have followed it somehow either way. Cool. Awesome. So now how did, how did you get to sports star? So after almost 10 years with, so I was with the Contra Costa times in the Bay area news group um, for almost 10 years, about nine and a half years at that from that during that time, I was primarily high school sports. I, um, I broke in as a, as a prep sports writer. And then um, usually around 07, around 2006, 2007, I started, I started getting to do, um, some backup work with the Oakland A's, um, did a few professional stuff. Um, and then, so my last year I was kind of a hybrid and then around 2000, uh, early 2010, um, I was contacted by the publisher of sports stars magazine that hadn't started up yet. It was, uh, he was, he had just, he was a year removed from, uh, from selling off a hot rod magazine that he had done called drive. 
and he was gonna he'd taken about a year and a half off and was ready to start another magazine um and wanted to do one with new sports um and he reached out to me to see if i was interested in in basically being the managing editor of it mm-hmm. and it was it was definitely a i mean it was super intriguing i really i really love the idea of more of a magazine concept being able to write more in-depth stories also basically being my own um story assigner essentially is I, I i would be basically you know deciding on what our content would be and how our look would be um i knew the he had already hired our designer and i had worked with him at the times and so i knew him so there was a level of comfort there and i just thought this is a great chance to do it um the it was also appealing because my uh, my oldest son hasn't hadn't been born yet my, my, my wife was my wife was about five months pregnant at the time so Okay. The idea of um, of maybe not having to work so many nights um, when the kids showed up and all that stuff was also appealing. So, yeah, I took the leap. Um, we we launched in June. I started in May of 2010, and we launched our first issue, which was only East Bay at the time. We were going to do – the idea initially was a East Bay sports only high school team. We called it teen sports so we could kind of go with – club and some jc's if we needed to mm-hmm. um and so we were just going to do east bay teen sports um and it was going to be bi-monthly so 24 a year mm-hmm. um but by i don't even know if we made it through a full year before we started picking up sacramento um stuff which um i got in touch with jim McHugh um mm-hmm. through a contact at the times because he had worked at the at the paper too before before me but he had worked there so i had friends that knew him and so we got in touch with him and um we were i would say by 20 when we did our football preview for 2011 which was um about 12 months 13 months in um we were doing we actually put out three three different editions we had a sacramento cover um and an east bay cover and a and a south bay cover so it just it took off from there We, we were really lucky um, and it's, uh, yeah, we just celebrated 10 years, so it's been pretty exciting. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did it, I mean, how did it really start taking off? Was it just word of mouth? Was it people like, yeah, uh, well, athletes um, yeah, uh, it was, I mean, uh, when I say take off, I mean, we were able to start producing a lot more content and I, sure. you know, we were getting, um, we were getting some word of mouth recognition at that time. We were almost entirely, um, uh, we were, we were printing in Sacramento and then we'd go pick it up. And then we had a, our distribution was just through retail. Basically we, we'd go and put stacks on counters at different retail places. We sent to this, we got them to the schools. Um, so we were really, um, hustling as far as getting it out. Um, and, People, you know, we just started, people just started calling us and asking where they could find it. And um, we, we really caught on quickly. I, I feel like we caught on really quickly in Sacramento. That, that mm-hmm. community really embraced us. Um, it was a little harder to get our hands around the Bay Area just because there's so many more, so many schools. But, sure. um, but yeah, we fell into a pretty good groove where we we're producing two editions, basically two editions um, at about 16 times a year. And uh it's yeah, it's been really good, man. That's awesome. Um, I'm always interested with with 
you know, any type of content provider, how they determine which story they're going to, you know, pick up or how they're going to, you know, decide how they decide which athlete or which coach to highlight. So, um, I guess my first question is, it's kind of a two-parter. What's your guys' process in determining which stories and which athletes and coaches you feature? And then, uh, what's the, your favorite story you guys have published in your, in your career there? Okay. So, um, so for as far as as far as finding stories, um, a lot of times we're just kind of um, many times we're just kind of following um, we're following along we're following the sports landscape, seeing seeing what teams are performing well. It's um, you know obviously I'm I'm reading other publications um, to uh, um, to follow some things, and then I but. For the most part, it's just it's getting out to games. You know, mm-hmm. we get out. To, you know, we get out to games. We see people. I, I, for Sacramento, I would I would let Jim pitch me stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim McHugh or some of our other freelancers when they when they were out of a game or or heard something from a coach. You know, they wanted to follow up. That's kind of how it is. Um, for me, you know, I'm just uh, it's just it's basically just talking to coaches, uh, yeah. watching games, seeing who performs well, and then you know we a lot of times we'll we'll target. It'll be a a generalized target like you know let's um just an example we'll just say let's uh it looks like um amador valley soccer is 14 and 0 you know mm-hmm. let's go out and let's we're gonna we're gonna write on them but we don't know what we're gonna write on them you know we'll, we'll go out and we'll uh we'll watch a match we'll talk to some people and then usually we come away with a much more refined you know idea um, those will sometimes lead to player features. They'll sometimes lead to coach features. Um, it just, we, we go out and try and find, a, you know, a team or a player that's performing well and then see, see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, heard, we didn't write a lot of game stories um, because we just, we had the freedom of being able to go more in depth. Sure. Um, so while we would cover games, we, we would definitely, it would be less about, the result and more about, you know, something specific from that game or something from the team, et cetera. Um, my, you know, it's, it's funny you asked me that because we've just spent a lot of time for our 10th anniversary issue. We were doing a lot of reflecting. So I've been, I've been going through a lot of our annals trying, uh, looking at things and, and writing about them. I think, um, I think my favorite thing that I've written, um, was, um, when, I spent I'd spent a, a, an entire day with Justin Allenbaugh of De La Salle football. It was his first game day as head coach of De La Salle football, and that one will I'll, I'll always remember because um, they you know, it was a big deal. Coach Coach Lattister had been there for for you know over 30, 30 plus years. Right, um, built an incredible like a nationally known dynasty, obviously. Um, and to be on campus and to follow the the first person to follow in in his footsteps for for almost, I was there for almost 12 straight hours um, from the, from his third period class to basically shutting down the coach's office at the end of the day. Um, and I, I really enjoyed chronicling that. That was, that was pretty neat. And I, I had known him because I, my last three years at the, at the newspaper before I had started sports stars, I was basically the De La Salle football writer. Um, so I was familiar with most of those coaches and they were familiar with me. So I had some I had pretty unfettered access, which was pretty awesome, and uh, I'll I'll not, I won't forget that one anytime soon. That was pretty neat. Oh, I, I can I can't even imagine. 
um, because there's so many different angles, right? There's so many different aspects of that story, as you mentioned. Um, and it's, it's not just some random school, you know, tiny school. It's a, it's a big, <laughs> yeah. a big deal. Like you said, a nationally recognized program with a nationally recognized coach who's being replaced. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of different things. So I imagine, I mean, 12 hours probably flew by in that yeah, situation. It <laughs> it's a lot of content. Um, so, and you guys were probably, I mean, you said two, you guys started in 2010, right? So, yeah. um, kind of. I'm kind of in the middle of all the social media, like really like social media really starting to, to get big. Right. Right. Um, and that, I mean, that must've been great timing for you guys as far yeah. as, I mean, that's good. I mean, what, I mean, was Instagram out at that point or still a little early for Instagram? It was still a little early for Instagram. But um, Twitter, Twitter and Facebook Twitter, and all Twitter that. Twitter was definitely taking off for sure at that point. Um, and those were the, those were the, you know, we, we started out Twitter and Facebook heavy and then we added Instagram later. But okay. yeah, it was, it was definitely, um, it definitely helped for sure. Um, oh and, yeah, for sure. That was, um, was another great thing about um, not having, uh, when, you, when you're out of games and not having to worry heavily about a game story, you can spend a lot more time taking video and you can, you know, you can take video and you can, and you can tweet more. And um, so we had, that was, that gave us the flexibility that maybe some of the other daily writers that were there couldn't really do. Um, All right as much so yeah um and how much do you guys ever just hear about you know stories that maybe it's not as much on field um you know it's not so much focused on about on field performance but you have like human interest stories right because i feel like if you look at all these sports movies that come out very rarely is it about the sport right like you have the sport is kind of the canvas and then it's each individual player's story yeah. um do you have a favorite story kind of in that lane where it was maybe something that wasn't happening on the field, but it was something that either a coach or athlete was doing off the field. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with the one that's most recent on my mind right now. Cause we only wrote it about three, three months ago. One of our freelancers from Sacramento, Ike Dodson. Um, oh yeah. I recognize the name. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, he wrote um, a fantastic um, story about, um, I'm going to think, uh, a wrestler from Valley High in Sacramento. Okay. Um, his name was, I believe it's Saladin Farouk. And okay. uh, he, he's not, you know, he didn't win a session title. He didn't, um, he wasn't, uh, you know, he's not, he wasn't one of the high headliners of, of this wrestling season by any means. Um, but Ike was out at a tournament, um, one of the session tournaments, I think, and got to talking to people. And he learned that, that um, Saladin came to Sacramento uh, after having lived in Pakistan and literally survived. He had a, um, he had a, uh, a suicide bomb happen literally across the street from him. Um, wow. So he, he basically survived that. And, you know, um, his father, um, his father was an interpreter for the U S army, for U S forces there. Okay. So he had, so through that connection, he was able to get a visa over here, bring his family over here. Not long after that happened. Uh, and that's how he ended up in Sacramento as, as a wrestler for Valley. Wow. Um, but he had his, you know, his backstory was, and the, just the, um, just, um, just letting that, that the idea of having seen that with your own eyes, um, growing up, you know, is, is just, uh, 
it's very, it's a sobering, it's very sobering, you know. It's oh, for sure. Crazy to think some of the backstories that some of these athletes have. Um, and I thought we, um, Ike did a great job in finding that one and, and bringing it to life it was really good. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. When you understand the, I mean, I think we, a lot of us love sports, right? And we just love the, the competition and the game for what it is. But I think it does, the cool thing about sports is when you know the backstory, when you know a person's history, you know what they went right. through to get to that point. Um, it does make it a lot more, I don't know, it just adds a, a special element to sports, I think, that sometimes I think we forget about. Um, so that's, that's an incredible story. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, I have a, a couple other questions. Like I said, I, I, I think you know this. We get sidetracked on this show every oh. once in a while because my mind's just going based on what you're saying. Um, since you guys, you guys have been covering sports for quite a while, who, if, I, if I was to say, hey, who's the most impressive athlete, athlete that you've seen over your years of covering the local sports? In the in the Sacramento and the Bay Area, who would you who who's the first athlete that comes to mind? Um, I would say, uh, I, I would go. It'd probably be a tie between between um, Aaron Gordon, uh, Archbishop yeah. of basketball, <laughs> yeah, um, now uh, member of the Atlanta Magic, obviously. Um, yeah, and then I would also I'd also put Najee Harris from Antioch okay. football. Yeah, um, on there too. Uh, any, any, every. I mean, and I. Uh, that's really hard. I mean, those are the two that immediately come to mind. I there's. Um, I've seen. Uh, I want to say. It's harder. At, at, you know, I saw some great athletes at, with De La Salle football, obviously, but sure. that's that team is just. Um, the team is so good and it's so cohesive. They don't stand out quite as much. Right. Right. <laughs> and it, they, they stand out as a team, sure. but not so much as individuals, you know, because right. they're just so, so good. But, um, uh, yeah, I, the first two that popped in my head were definitely Harris and Gordon. Um, but, yeah, we've seen whew, we've seen some really, really good. It's, it's crazy. I, the, again, when we were looking back at, the, at our first 10 years and just um, the amount of talent that we were lucky to have come through during our first decade, Right. Crazy. And I never saw, um, I never saw Maggie Steffens compete for Monta Vista water polo. Yeah. Um, but we, she was one of our first cover stories and, uh, I didn't cover the game. I, um, we, I wrote about her separately and when I met her separately, I didn't see the game, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, writing about her way back in 2010 and then the fact that she's like a, you know, maybe the best water polo player and female water player in the world right now. So water polo player. So. Wow. It's, it's gotta be such a cool thing to like yeah, just look is. back. Like you said, just, it's only 10 years, right? Right. Like it's a long time, but in the grand scheme of time, it's not that long. And you've already seen all these incredible athletes. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, Aaron Gordon, because my brother and I went to, uh, I forgot what year it was when he was, his team was playing the state championship over at Arco arena. Mm -hmm. um, whatever his senior year was. And, and we went to the game because we knew that he was, you know, a highly, you know, a highly touted recruit. And it was just the funniest thing because you would see anytime the ball went up towards the rim, there was just this like silence that went out across the whole stadium <laughs> because they were just waiting for that moment when he was going to, you know, be on the receiving end of an alley-oop dunk or just right. there would be a breakaway. Um, and I honestly, I don't think it happened the way everybody was hoping it would happen, but they still crushed the other team. So... <laughs> It was yeah. uh, just impressive. And you see those guys, and they're just – they stand out, right? Like, you see the tall kid on the basketball team. It's like, oh, he's kind of tall compared to right. everybody else. 
But then you see some of these these guys that are the guys or girls that are elite athletes compared to the rest of their competition mm -hmm. at the high school level. It's like, oh, like you're a completely different thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's wild. Um, so that was, sorry, that was just my sidetrack. Let me, let me get back on track. So as far as covering, um, high school sports, what would you say is the most challenging part? And then what would you say is the best part? Um, I think the, the um, I think, uh, the, mo the best part is, is easy. It's, it's just the people. And the best, the best part is the yeah. people, you know, just being able to rear your entire job essentially is making connections with people in sports who, um, who 99.9% .9 are the most well-intentioned individuals, um, and want, uh, you know, as far as coaches, you know, they're, they, um, they want the, the best for kids and they're, um, they, you know, they're, they're thrilled when you, when you call them up and you want to talk about one of their kids and they want to talk to, and you just want to, and then you just end up spending 30 minutes just talking, talking ball or whatever, you know, whichever, you know, whatever sport it is. And, um, you can't, it's, it's hard to beat that, especially when you're someone who loves sports. Um, and I, I was never one that, you know, I, 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 when I first got into, to, when I first got to the Bay Area and I, I started working, uh, high school sports, I, um, you know, I, I had that ambition to um, advance to, to cover professional sports. I mean, almost everyone does. You know, you want to make it to the big leagues. You want to, you want to, you know, travel and uh, and cover professional sports teams. Um, and so I had that, but it was never something that it wasn't like I I ever looked at high school sports like it was a stepping stone either. It was it was something that I that I was passionate about doing. And then part of that is because of my upbringing and being around it so much with my, my two parents. So it was, you know, um, so finding, you know, talking high school sports, finding coaches, finding kids that, that made for great stories was always something that was appealing to me regardless. Um, and I, when I did get my few cups of coffee covering, um, uh, I did some Kings coverage and some, some A's coverage as I mentioned. So I, I got that, but it, when, it wasn't like I felt like compelled to stay at the newspaper when, when a high school sports magazine offered me a job. I, I thought absolutely. Cause this is going to be a blast. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I'd say that the most fun part is easily uh, just connecting with kids, talking to kids. And you, whenever you're, you're dealing with kids, you, you immediately feel younger, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, and then not, like I said, the, the coaches are, are, are great to, um, to get to know and, and to, I, I've built some really strong friendships with, with a few of them. So, um, I, I would say, you know, the, the most challenging, um, the most challenging might just be, um, getting past some people's guards, I'd say, I mean, that, that can be, sure. you know, and, and, you know, we, um, you know, you have to, every once in a while you run into, those um you run into some parents um you know, the, the, the scholarship driven parents or um, and youth sports that's weird yeah right <laughs> um, so yeah so you run into that sometimes and and that yeah. that can be you know that can be a challenge for sure just working yeah, absolutely some of, those, uh, some of those scenarios 
Um, and then there's others where it's the opposite where you, you want to write about a kid and, um, and then, you know, a coach or a parent will kind of put up their guard and say, maybe not, you know, um, and they don't want them to get so, you know, they, for whatever reason, you know, they, they're like, you know, let's, let's, let's try and avoid that for now. Or, um, and so then that's, that's a bummer too. Cause you just, you, you want to be able to tell that story. Right. Uh, so those are the, those are the challenges that mostly come up, you know, but at least, you know, lucky for us, it's been few and far between. That's great. When I imagine going back to our social media, um, you know, conversation, if, as far as you guys as a business and what you guys are trying to put out there as far as content, it's a great thing. Now on the flip side of that, because you are writing stories about, see, I even, <laughs> people can't see this because we only post the audio, but if you, right. can see, if you can see Chase's face, you would know. Yeah. He knows where I'm going. <laughs> You also are, uh, you get to hear all the criticism, sure. all the critiques, all of the, hey, why did you write it this way or that way? Yeah. Um, how do you deal, I'm always interested with people that produce content, how do you deal with those types of things? Like you said, it's few and far between, which is awesome to hear, but right. there are still a few. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the best way to deal with it, number one, is to, to as much degree as you can, is be a listener. You know, let them, let them tell you why and tell them that you, you hear them essentially. And, the, um, and then, and you know, you, you try not to get too defensive. You know, obviously you, you basically, um, you listen, you say, uh, this is just kind of how we see it. This is, you know, this is, and a lot of times we can lean on coaches. We could say, well, you know, um, we were kind of pointed in this direction by the coach. And then of course the parent might say, well, that coach hates my kid. <laughs> That's why, you know, and so, and so sure. you just keep listening and you keep nodding your head and you, but I think, um, I think for the most part, you can, you can uh, diffuse it to, to a degree um, uh, by just by listening and, and letting them get it off their chest. And, and hopefully they're not a senior, you know, a lot of times if the parent's kid, the, the parent who wants the kid covered instead of the other kid, if they're not a senior, we can always say, "Hey, you know, he's gotten to the season. We're we're not going anywhere, you right, know." Right. Um, and so, a lot of times you can appease them that way. And if they, you know, but you know, they could just have it in their head that he needs this feature before he's a sophomore, so that he can be, you know, so that college coaches can find sports stars and read it before he's a junior. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you know, oh, so man. you know, that's that's you know how that happened. We, um, it's a uh, it's just a give and take for the most part, you know? Sure. And uh, it was funny. It just came to mind. We had a kind of a contentious thing during this, this shelter in place when we were getting ready for our, we were getting ready for our 10th anniversary issue. We decided we thought it would be fun um, to pick out our favorite 32 covers from the first 10 years. And oh, we, cool. We built a bracket. We, we put, we put them in with 32 covers. Nice. We did four, four, um, um, four groups of eight and we put a bracket out there and then we ran it. We ran votes head to heads over social media for the first, um, first three rounds. And when we got to semifinals. We, we got a client, we, we had used a plugin for our website to put the, the voting on our website. We had it down to, um, down to four and, it was probably not the best idea, but we decided we were going to just let them have fun and we're going to make it unlimited voting. We, in, in the past, we've always done, we've always done every six hours, but we thought, you know what the heck? Everyone's at home. They just want to compete. 
let's let them go. So we did unlimited voting and, and it just went, it went nuts. It just, people just, I mean, and so we immediately were, I was getting emails saying, Hey, there's no way so-and-so got a thousand votes in 15 minutes. Something's up. He's got to, you know, and, and then it just, it got really, it got contentious. And so we, we let the semifinals play out. We got it through it. We did the championship and the championship was even crazier. We had, um, so the first, we were doing a best of three. We're going to do three, over three days. So it's the best of three series head to head. You had 10 hours on un- the limit voting. And uh, it was between a, a Cardinal Newman, the cover featured, we had a 2018, a 2019 cover featuring a Cardinal Newman football player, Jackson Pavitt. Um, and we had a 2018 um, cover with Consumness Oaks uh, volleyball player, um, Amaria Kelly, who's now Fresno State. Okay. Um, and so, and so those fan bases went nuts. And the, <laughs> and it's funny. We talked to the two kids after, and they said it wasn't so much us; it was our parents. They were just like, we. Our parents were like, "Who can we get this link to? Let's get this link out. We gotta That's win this." Funny. And, it was, and it was so funny. And so, um, so we the first day, um, Amaria won, and part of it was because um, Jackson had his graduation that day, so his parents. And family weren't really invested in voting on our thing. <laughs> They're more um, dealing with that stuff. So then the second day, we um, the second the second. So Mario won game one. Game two was going to be on this on this Saturday. And if, if Jackson won, we'd do a final one. And and uh, now Jackson's family's fully invested because he's not graduated. And Mario's going crazy because she's convinced that she's going to do it. And we hit. Um, we get to like 90 in the first four hours, we get to like 96,000 total votes. And the, Jeez. and the plugin, the plugin shuts off. Like our, our, our voting, our voting, <laughs> they basically broke the voting software. Um, and so, and we, and so we had to, we had to put a pause in it. And, um, and so we pause it and I'm the whole, I mean, I'm just writing email after email to different people saying, we know this is happening. Just relax. And, <laughs> You know, it was just it was just funny because everyone's competitive spirit was just dying to get out for something because it's the middle right. of the and no one's doing anything, and so it was a uh, and so in the end, the software company told us, well, we really they're just they're voting too much for unlimited. You'd have to you have to go to one every hour, and we didn't really feel great about changing the voting dynamics after doing this entire thing one way. So um, this is actually a great story to tell because of, we're on character combine. So I. I went and I, I messaged both Jackson and Amaria together. And I said, this is the situation, um, you know, and when, when it broke, they were like neck and neck, like within a thousand votes of each other. Right. So I said, I don't really feel right changing the dynamics of voting it now. Um, we can, we can just scrap Amaria's game one win and we can just start over the championship with one every hour, but it's also restricted by IP. So your family, if you're all in the, um, if there's six people in the household, it's only going to be one vote per hour for that household because it's restricted by the IP address. Got so it. a lot of your voters are going to be left out. They're not going to be able to vote. So um, it was actually really cool. Um, Amaria right away said, um, let's just, let's just be co-champions. And she's like, let's just, let's just, uh, we can, we'll just do it that way. I'm totally cool with just calling it co-champions. And Jackson just jumped right on board and he said, that'd be great. And so it ended up being a really cool story in the end. Um, cause they, you know, they competed like heck and then they showed 
really good sportsmanship by um, by just agreeing to to both take the title. So we ended up having two winners, and it was kind of cool because we had a Sac Joaquin female and a Barrier male. So we got the best of both worlds, and awesome, really happy. And it was really funny. Like I said, it was there when I called them up to because the idea was the winner was going to have a story written in our tenth anniversary issue about the cover, and so I ended up having to write about both covers. And it was it was really funny. Both of them, to some degree, said, "Yeah, I was. I thought it might be fun the first the first round, and you know, it was just kind of fun to to get a win in here or there. And then all of a sudden, like I'm getting blown up by my parents on <laughs> on, on my email, on my text, of saying, hey, give me that link. I need to get it out to you know everyone.' Yeah. So it was it was funny. It, it was a cool thing to do, um, and it it had its ups and downs for sure." Oh, for sure. That story is awesome. Not for, <laughs> not for you guys, but for, yeah, <laughs> in the moment, not for you guys at all. You know, that, that is cool how it played out with, with both athletes, you know, making that uh, pretty mature decision. It's like, hey, yeah. like, we, we get it. Let's do it this way. <laughs> it's funny you say that too, because uh, just in my mind, like my mind's constantly going and trying to think of different ideas for this podcast. And there was something in, inside of me that's like, hey, it'd be fun at the end of this year to do a, a maybe like a bracket style competition between all the guests that we had on this show. And now I'm thinking that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we're having this conversation because now that, that voting, whatever you do, <laughs> geez, now it terrifies, terrifies me. Like all these guests that had a good experience. Now it's like, I want nothing to do with the character combine podcast. You know, I need to, th I need to think more. This is a good, uh, this is a good cautionary tale. I appreciate this. <laughs> um, well, speaking of just the shelter in place and, and all of that, um, obviously it had a tremendous impact on, <laughs> on the voting situation, yeah. but uh, how do you think it's going to impact this upcoming sports, high school sports season? Because I feel like a lot is still up in the air and even just for schools in general, they're trying to figure out how they're going to move forward. But in your opinion, what, what do you think is going to happen with sports? So this is, this is fun. it's funny you ask me this because this is something, uh, we have an issue that's going to release on Friday. And um, what I, one of the things that we're doing um, is going to, I'm going to write, I have this idea of writing a fictionalized uh, look look back. So I'm going to jump six. I'm going to jump six months ahead and look back on the fall season um, and basically give a, my best idea of what what it might play out as. And and uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, so it, it's it's been fun to think about and how. I mean, I'm obviously taking poetic licenses on on how CIF and the sections might handle certain things and whatnot. But I, I, I think it's going to, as much as I hate it, because football is one of my favorite things to cover. Um, but I, I just, I, it's going to be really hard, especially with, with the uptick again. Um, in, uh, in, uh, vir in the, I can't even think of the word I'm looking but, but you know, the, the yeah, effects. Sure. Infections. Sure. The right. Right. Infections, again, it's, it's, it's getting really dicey as far as, I just don't know how you those programs and those because so many so many of the Bay Area schools they'll have it's not just you know football isn't just one 45 man 50 man roster you're looking at if you you know if you go as deep as a freshman program you got 160 to 180 kids you know right. um, plus and coaches and yeah coaches, exactly and I just I think it'd just be really hard. Um, especially with all the contact that goes on um, to, to make that happen, at least, at least not in, I can't imagine it starting in August, you know, like it usually would. Um, right. So I, I know that 
my part of my my story will will include the fact that I, I don't know how much football is going to be played, if if at all. Um, I do think there are um, there are sports that will be played. I think for sure. I, I think you can. I, I feel like girls golf and girls tennis will probably, yeah. in some in some way, will be able to be able to happen. Cross country possibly as well, um, right. because you know you, you for it it might get a little dicey as far as. Um, uh, it might get a little dicey as far as those big cross country meets. I don't know if they can do that, but right. but dual meets starting off, I think would would be fine. And and I I think that you could get to a point maybe by November December that you could have a section meet at some point. And maybe you'd have to stagger. You might have to stagger it over two or three days, so you're not getting everyone there at once. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So those sports can happen. I don't know about water polo. I've watched some water polo and those. The, they this it's it's a contact sport as much as you don't think of it as one it's a contact sport so oh yeah I think water polo might be difficult to pull off um, it's, um if the infections are still bad um trying to think some of the other I mean those are the main fall sports of volleyball and I don't know about volleyball I mean volleyball you have smaller rosters which is good um I if the the problem is it's indoors Right. It's indoors and there's a lot of shouting communication, right? Right. Um, yeah. So maybe, I don't know, would they be comfortable playing in masks? I mean, if you could play in masks, maybe. Um, That's interesting. I, you, know, you might be able to do something like that initially, but maybe it's just, um, maybe they have to scrap preseason and just try and play league seasons for volleyball, something like oh, that, depending on sure. how bad, you know. Um, you know, maybe I just, I think a lot of, um, you know, there's a potential that something like volleyball might just be like a half season. You know, you, mm. you lose out on your non-league games and you, you play, um, you play in, in just your league and whether they could play a section tournament or not, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, I'd be interested to see, to see if, if, I mean, I don't know how, I think you could play in mass. It wouldn't be that bad, but I, I'm not a volleyball player, so I don't know. Right. Uh, how hard it would be to, to, to play in with a mask on or not. Yeah. I'm man. I'm hopeful that, you know, something will happen where they're, they're able to play. But I think the thing that I guess causes me uh, doubt is if you look at, you know, what uh, major league baseball is going through right now, if you look at what the NBA is going through, it feels like even though they're supposed to have some form of a season or the NBA is supposed to finish their season. Right. right. And then MLB should have a 60 game season at this point. And right. today, the, 30th, I think June 30th right. is when we're recording this. Yes. Um, even then, like you hear some of the stuff that they're dealing with and the, it's, this still seems like there's a lot up in the air and there's a potential that things could change. And so it's yeah. like if, if guys that, you know, if, if organizations at that level are still trying to figure it out where they have all of the resources they need to make it as safe as possible. I imagine it's gotta be way tougher for a high school sports team to do that. Yeah. And just the, and to think of the, so, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, Number one, those professional those professional organizations they're testing everyone every day. You know, you right. you come into the facility, you're tested, and and you know it's unlikely that high school kids are going to be able to be tested every day. You know, and, and like they would be. Um, so, and but when they have a positive come up, it's like okay, they had a positive, they're going to quarantine. But I can't imagine if you have a positive, if a Clayton Valley High School football player tests positive. How many, how, I mean, how many parents are immediately going to say, well, I'm, my, my kid's not going to play 
right. Exactly. So, exactly. So you can go, I mean, uh, even though they might, you know, you could have one get sick, but you could have, you know, a third of the roster stop just like that, you know, because right. they're going to say, you know what, we're, we're not doing this. And so then what do you do if you're a coach or a program? So, you know, I, the, the domino effect of a positive case, especially on a football team where there's such a large roster would just be pretty catastrophic. I would think, I mean, yeah, I think so. And would you know, would so I don't know, you just, would the parents then just insist that their, um, their kids stop the season altogether? Would they make them, you know, get yeah. tested, sit out for two days and then go back? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's, um, it, it could get really complex really fast. Yeah, absolutely. That happens. Well, I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. It's the like I said, the end of June, beginning of July as we're recording this, and so uh, we'll just have to wait and see. We'll find out soon, I guess, what what will happen. Um, just, yeah, yeah, and I I don't envy the, right now. It's it's really hard for like I last uh, last week I spoke for about thirty minutes um, just uh, just on the phone, just shooting the breeze with the North Coast Session Commissioner Pat Crookshank. And we, I was just throwing things out there because I kind of wanted to get an idea in my head to write this piece that I'm going to write sure. about what kind of things that they're looking at, what kind of things that they're thinking about. But it's just so hard for them to even throw their hands around it right now because, because in 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 that scenario, he's at the mercy of what all what um what the districts and what the schools decide, and and if the schools can't decide yet what they want, you know, it's really hard. I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the CIF says on July 20th because right. um, there, I, I don't know how many districts that they'll know at that time are, are willing to, to risk sports, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I don't envy anybody who's in a position to make those decisions. No, gosh, Because, no. Uh, yeah, if, if you thought the um, your guys' uh, cover competition was bad. <laughs> was, <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. going to be a different case. <laughs> There's going to be arguments on both sides that get really fierce. I think. For sure. For sure. Which is unfortunate. So I'm just hoping, man, I'm hoping for the best and hopefully um, we see some kind of positive, some kind of positive come from this. Um, so I, I, I want to be respectful of your time and I just have two more questions for you. Yep. Um, so the first one is, again, changing directions of, of this talk. What coach or teacher maybe both had a major impact on your life as you were growing up and you could point back to and say, yeah, the person I am today is heavily influenced because of this person's life. Um, the, there were, I mean, I'm sure you've asked this question before and, and it's hard for anybody, especially coaches to pick one. Right. They, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, obviously, um, I, you know, um, I had, so again, parents as coaches, that was a big influence, obviously. Mm -hmm. And my dad did coach me in little league for a couple years. Um, and I had, uh, um, you know, um, I had a lot of, a lot of really good teachers, but I, I think the one that I would single out now would be, uh, a high school, basically my high school journalism teacher. <laughs> Yeah, because sure. That's, that's what I'm doing now. And, and, and he was, um, his name was Dwight Evans. He was a, a family friend of ours before he had coached, he had coached and, and taught with my dad um, um, when I was younger. So I knew him um, when I got to high school. So I was already familiar with him. And he ran the high school 
um, our high school newspaper and taught um, advanced journalism there. He was also my freshman English teacher. Um, so I had him a lot and he was, um, he had a really, um, uh, he had a really light touch um, yeah. as far as um, letting, ki letting kids explore their passions and, um, and just keeping them, keeping them focused, but not, you know, but not, you know, um, not trying to influence them in any way. And it was, um, and so, and, but he, he also wouldn't let us stay in our comfort zone either. Like I couldn't, I, I, you know, if I had had my way probably without his, you know, without him kind of pushing me, I, I think I would have just written game stories. You know, I, I would have written, I would have gone to football and basketball and, and, um, and, and the baseball and softball games at the high school, then the, the four major sports and written game stories and been completely happy. But, but he was like, you know, you can't just do that. You got to, let's, 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 um, you know, he encouraged me to try and become editor in chief of the, of the, so I ended up becoming editor my senior year. And I, you know, I had the, I, he made me take a, take on a column. I had to start writing opinion stuff and he encouraged me to take a photography class. And I, I take photos now for sports stars um, on occasion. So um, it was, it was, uh, it was a really good balance of, um, of encouraging um, what I was doing, but also um, making me strive for more and um, had a great sense of humor, always could make you laugh. Um, and it was a very, but it was, it was my kind of humor. It was a, it was an underhanded sarcasm. You know, you, sure. a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times, uh, you know, his humor would go over the head of, of some kids and, and you know, I'd be the one chuckling in the background knowing what he meant type thing. So that was, sure. it was, uh, um, yeah, he was, he was great. Um, and uh, I would definitely put him there because not sure I would have followed. I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if I would have made journalism such an equal focus of my higher education had I not had his, his um, encouragement. So that was good. And it's obviously paid off. Yeah. Great. It's awesome. Uh, last question. Uh, this is kind of the big one that we like to end with. What is character to you and why is it so important? Um, so uh, I think, um, I think character is there's, you know, certainly you've heard this from other guests or heard it in other settings, but you've obviously heard the saying about how sports, um, uh, sports reveal character, right? Yeah. You know, so, but I, I think that, uh, you know, you can, some people describe characters as, you know, what you, um, what someone might be doing when they're not being watched. And I, I, I definitely like that idea, but I also like, I like the, I like to think of character as, um, as sort of the flip side of that too. And in addition to that, you would, character is, uh, can also be knowing when to make yourself present, you know, and make, you know, saying, saying the right thing, um, when you know it's going to turn heads type thing. And I, so, I mean, um, and I, I feel like, um, uh, my first, my second year of coaching, uh, little league was the first year that we went to competitive. We, we passed T-ball. We're in first year of competitive. And I, um, uh, I drafted, I, <laughs> I ended up 
you know, you, not everyone comes to the tryouts for Little League. You know, so they're supposed to come. You're supposed to be able to see everybody before drafting. But I didn't see this kid. And I drafted him. And immediately the other coaches grumbled and like, oh, you know, like, good luck. Like, we know. <laughs> and it turns out, you know, and I was like, oh, what was, what's his deal? And they were like, well, he's, he's a bully. And so we dealt with, you know, I did my best. And I, I really tried. But, um, but we dealt with bullying a lot that year. And it was really tough um, for some of our kids and some of our parents. And we worked through it. But I, I like to, I mean, I think that um as someone who was also bullied when i was young um when i think of i think of someone who um who will who will call out bullying as someone of character right you know yeah, absolutely. And, and i think that so you those kind of those kind of uh times when um when you can when you can see something that's not that's not shouldn't be happening and you're willing to stand up and say something, or you're willing to support a teammate who's not being supported. Um, uh, that's something that jumps out to me as as a really high character moment. Um, and we and we did have that and that one year we had, and that that's tough for an eight or a nine year old to to want to put themselves out there and say, "Hey, this is not cool. Leave them alone." Right. Right. Um, so and it's you know so eight or it's, it's tough for anybody um, sure. sometimes, but. Um, but I like to think of it as, as those two, as those two things. I mean, it's, it's who you are when, when it's, when you're not being watched, but it's also who you are when, when you, when you need to say something and, and make it known uh, that something's not right. Um, and so yeah. you know, there's a lot of depth to the word, obviously you can, you can right. define it in a lot of ways. Um, but when I think of um, persons of character, I think of integrity um, and, and standing up for what's right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, being a great teammate, yeah, that's good. That's awesome. No, I appreciate that, uh, perspective because that's, that's, like you said, a lot of people, um, give us a kind of a version of what you said first, where it's, it's what you do and no one's watching, but I do like what you said about the flip side of that. And it's also, you know, how you stand up, right. you know, when you might be the only one that is willing to. So, um, yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a great, a great definition for character. Um, well, man, thank you so much for, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, sorry, social media, where can they follow you? Keep up with Sports Star Magazine. Uh, yeah, stuff. so um, so on, we're at uh, Sports Stars Mag. So it's Sport Stars Mag, M-A-G, um, on both uh, Twitter and on Instagram. And, uh, it's, uh, and then Facebook is facebook.com slash sports stars. So, and a lot of people will get it. Um, a lot of people will try and put an S at the end of sport, but it's not. It's just sports singular, stars plural. And then I'm, I'm guilty. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then you can, uh, I'm on Twitter at Chase Bryson, C-H-A-C-E-B-R-Y-S-O-N. Awesome. And, uh, we, uh, we're still putting them out. Uh, we have, we're, not, we're not printing as often as, as we would like because of, um, the economy at the moment, but, um, we're still, we're still putting them out online. Um, you can sportsstarsmag.com is our website and you can see all of our content there. So. Awesome. So yes, definitely. We would definitely encourage you guys to go check that out. Follow them everywhere. You can follow them, check out their website. Um, and just see all the great things that they're doing. Uh, you can follow us at on Twitter at sports character on Instagram, character combine, 
Facebook Character Combine, uh, LinkedIn uh, Character Combine. Don't bother because I don't put much there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> basically, the same as Snapchat and TikTok. You're not going to find anything from us because I, I don't like those. And uh, you can go to YouTube as well and check out some of our, our uh, clips from previous uh, Character Combine events. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Chase. Thank you, thank you again so much. We appreciate your time and uh, good luck and stay healthy. All right. Thank you.